Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Bud, what does Sid Hartman mean to you? Well, I'll start by saying he's my best friend. Uh, you're lucky if you got a best friend. I'm the luckiest guy in the world because Sid came into my life and we've been best friends since 1945 during the war. That is Bud Grant talking about my father. We just have surprised my father. This is Chad Hartman. I'm here with the great Bud Grant and we have surprised my father for his 100th birthday. He didn't know we were going to be here, Bud. And when we came in and told him that the three of us were going to do the show for the entire 11 o'clock hour, do you remember what he said? You're kidding. Yeah. And then he added, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. So we are here to celebrate my father, and you are here to celebrate your best friend, and I so appreciate you coming down here. Well, uh... Where do you start in something something like this? You know, <clears throat> I think I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna lay claim to being the first and close personal friend that your dad ever had, and that was developed starting in 1945 when we first met, and we're still together. Uh, and and you say, well, what do we have in common? Well, nothing, absolutely nothing, <laughs> except. A friendship that's been fostered so many years, and and through our families and whatnot, it's yep. uh, it's the greatest gift I've ever had in my life is to have Sid Hartman as my best friend. That is so kind. That is so kind. What does this man mean to you? Why are the two of you so close? Well, he means a heck of a lot. I mean, to have a friend like that where he's hundred percent. Uh, he, like when his wife was, was dying, I was there until 3 in the morning one day, and uh, I had a very good relationship with her. Pat, she used to cook, uh, what is it? Goulash. Goulash. After, after every game, <laughs> we go after every game and cook goulash for me. And she knew I liked to shirt and do this and spend many a time at that house in uh, in Bloomington. And, uh, oh, and the whole family. She cooked it yeah. for Sid and the whole family. I was thinking it was probably wasn't just for him. No, it was for his, but when every time he Sid came, the whole family. Sid was a big part of our family uh, growing up. Said, you remember? Uh, you know, members all the kids when they were born, and <clears throat> and all you know what you go through when you're a 
parent, and Sid was a part of all of that over the years, and and so he's really a member of the family. Do you? Well, we, uh, I spent many time at Winnipeg with him and his family, and had a lot to do with uh, the players he got at Winnipeg. I got him in connection with uh, Evashevsky, with with uh, Jerry Burns, with uh, Bob. Uh, Let me just pick up on that a little bit, yeah. Sid, and, and tell you tell people how important you've been in my life. Uh, I remember the first time I walked into to uh, Williams Arena. I was at, playing for Great Lakes at the time, and your father came in and said, uh, "I'm Sid Hartman. Where are you going to school?" <laughs> he was recruiting even at that at that stage of life. Then eventually coming to Minnesota, and without Sid, um, we walked in the Cook Hall my first day there, and Sid walks in. We're going up together, and he said, you remember me? I said, yeah, you're Sid Hartman. You're from the Tribune or the Daily. With the Daily, yeah. I think it was in right. those days. And uh, we walked in there together. Our first day, he had a beat for the first time. He was a stringer before that. Yep. And now he had a, a daily beat with the university, and that was a, that's when we uh, said, what are you doing after practice? Well, I don't know. I don't know even where I'm going. Well, let's have something to eat. That was the beginning of a great, uh, wonderful, wonderful friendship. What, and without what an Sid Herman, connection, I right? wouldn't be here. Of course, you wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. But, but uh, without Sid, uh, like he, he alluded to earlier, uh, when I got the job in Winnipeg, I'd never coached in my life. And I needed help. And who do I turn to? I turned to my friend Sid. So he introduced me to Evershevsky and and uh, other people that he knew in the sporting world that helped me recruit and find players, entree, find coaches. Uh, you know, he's been an integral part of whatever my life has been all my life yeah. since arriving here in 1945. Chad, here's, go, here's the, go ahead. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, what I was going to say. How about this? Can I ask you this? Do you remember meeting Bud for the first time? Yeah, I met him for the first time when he came back with Great Lakes and played with Great Lakes yep. against the Gophers. Yep. That's the first time I met That's exactly right. That's what you just said. You, Hank, and I became very good friends, and Bud— was a in in integrated part of Ubeck, Ubeck. Yes, and and uh, the coach at the, at the time was a Weave Ubank was a basketball coach. Was right. Paul, Paul Brown was a football coach, and he kept Ubank on his staff, and then he made him the basketball coach. Well, we knew nothing about basketball. <laughs> I was going to say we think of him as a football coach. <laughs> yeah, that, well, he was a football coach, but he's a friend of Paul Brown. Yeah. He was a basketball coach. But we had an older – we had a, I, there was only two of us high school players. The rest were older, even pros. And, and so, you know, we had we played 32 games and, and during the war this was now. Yeah, so, there was, right. you know, we played in Chicago Stadium, played all over the country, and uh, – Sid remembers that when I walked in, as I mentioned earlier. Hi, I'm Sid Hartman. Where are you going to college? <laughs> <laughs> right away, <laughs> he was recruited right off, right. right off the, right off the top. So who could ever forget that kind of a introduction? That, that's one you're going to remember. Chad and Bud Grant, Chad Hartman, Bud Grant, and my father, Sid Hartman, who is 100 today. Do you remember going to dinner with Bud so many times during college? 
How about when Bud's going to college and you're having dinner with him? Yeah. Every time we had it. What's the name of the restaurant? Cafe de Napoli. Yeah. And uh, we used to go, but we went to a lot of places, and Sid picked up the check was the main main theme of all of this. Whoa, that ended. (laughs) East Hennepin Cafe and Pine Tavern and Cafe de Napoli and the place downtown uh, uh, barbecue barbecue place. I'm not sure. Somebody will will text us to remember. Well, I'll think of it in a minute. Yep. So um, many times after practice (laughs) – Sid would, uh, I was a slow dresser, and, and Sid always was, uh, he never approached a coach until the right time, when they had time to talk to him. So he waited until after practice. Well, sure. a lot of times, the, the three people left in the in the locker room was Sid, the coach, and I. Yeah. So then we'd go out, and uh, he'd say, where are you going to eat? And I'd say, I don't know, I'll go get a hot dog or something. And he'd say, well, this, so he picked up. The check, what uh, which wasn't much in those. I remember we go to Cafe de Napoli, and all I could get all the spaghetti I could eat for ninety nine cents. <laughs> it didn't didn't exactly break. Sid. <laughs> I uh, go to Garden Market Barbecue. That's Market it. Barbecue. There all we go. The time I was with him when he bought that uh, when he and Bill Bill what blank. Bill Blank. Bill Blank? Yeah. Yeah. You bought him out, and you bought him out, and yep. you, you own all that land, and you own that land. And when, How could he remember a name like that? that didn't, I can hardly remember. His in memory. My, in my past, and he only met him once or twice. He's a good friend of mine, and we it's were amazing. in partnership, and uh, we bought the, bought the land. Uh, but the, the fascinating part here, we're celebrating Sid's 100th birthday, when you get somebody who's a full-time job at 100 years old yeah, with the paper, Wrote with the today. radio station, I mean, and goes to work every day, works on weekends, this is phenomenal. I it mean, is. You can't find any place. I don't know. Well, maybe there might be somebody. <laughs> I don't know anybody that works at two full-time jobs when they're 100 years old. Well, look, look what has happened this week. Sports have come to a halt. Yep. Society is changing right in front of us, and this young man at 100 is still working. Everything else is shutting down. Sports doesn't exist right now. We can't travel places. They're telling us to stay inside, and he is here working, and he's not going to stop. Well, I... I, uh, He's been an inspiration to me my whole life. I know that. That's two of us. But I will never forget... He drove my car to uh, the airport with a $15,000 check and, uh, and bought the, the Gerard Gems franchise. Yep. The, Sid, you know, I didn't have a car all the way through college. I didn't get a car. I mean, and anyway, that's another story. But Sid uh, called me and said, I'm going to go. I got to go to Detroit. And would you take me to the airport, take my car, and then pick me up, and I'm going to turn around and come right back. This is about 1950 or so? With the, the beginning of the Lakers. Okay. And he went and bought the La- the Pistons, Detroit Pistons, they were called. Yep. He showed me the check. He had $15,000 from 
uh, Berger and yep. Chalfin. Yep. And was Max tied to it then, or was that pre-Max? Max Chalfin. Yeah. Max was a part of it. Yeah, more Chal- more Morris Chalfin. Chalfin yep. and uh, Ben Berger. Ben Berger. Yeah. Anyway, so he, I drive him to the airport. He goes to Detroit and he comes back. Calls me, said I'll be on such and such flight. I picked him up and he. I remember before I got to here it is. He got the franchise for the Lakers. He is a re, he is the reason that the Los Angeles Lakers exist today. Think about that. Because he bought the franchise here and he signed all the players behind the scenes. Uh, he'll have to tell you what the situation was in those days where you couldn't have two jobs if you worked for the newspaper. Yep. Maybe he can uh, maybe he can tell us a little bit yes. about that. Let's do this. Let's pause. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's talk more about that. If you're just tuning in, it is my father's 100th birthday. He is with his closest friend, Bud Grant. We're going to take a short pause, come back on this uh, magical day. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Sid Hartman, you used to room with Bud Grant the night before Super Bowl. One Super Bowl, yeah. the Oakland Super Bowl. He ate a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> the night before Super Bowl? Let me tell you, we have gone out for dinner 100,000 times. And never has he edited a meal without ice cream. This guy lives on ice cream. Well, I I know I know two people who live on ice cream. You just were saying how Bud always has ice cream. Let me. You were just uh, in the sound clip we were playing. You were talking about how Bud always lives on ice cream. How much Bud loves ice cream? How about how much you love ice cream? I like ice cream, too. <laughs> he the got night, to like it. <laughs> the night before the uh, Oakland uh, Oakland uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Uh, I live with it. I stood with him, and uh, he was eating a, a gallon of ice cream. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about how you were able to get the Lakers. Remind people how you got involved with getting the Lakers to come to Minneapolis. Well, there's a guy by the name of Mike Alpert, and I got a uh, got a Sheboygan and Oshkosh, two teams in the old... National Hockey League to play an exhibition game at the Minneapolis Arena. And then we, we had, we drew about 3,500 people, something like that. And I finally got Morris Chalfin, who was a great friend of mine, and, uh, and Ben Berger. I found out that uh, George Mikan was a member of that team, and uh, so we was available for fifteen thousand dollars, and uh, it's amazing that probably worth right now fifteen billion. It's worth billion dollars <laughs> now. Maybe right. not. Maybe not quite fifteen billion. Maybe closer to four billion. Yeah. But I'd say either way, your investment was pretty good. Can you imagine a team from $15 million now worth billions of dollars? Yep. And that team, I screwed up two deals. Number one, after 
after we sold the Lakers, Max Winter and I got a a uh, expansion team for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars with all the number one draft choices and uh, all of the number one draft choices and uh, every first draft choice. And Jerry West was on the team. There weren't as many teams in there as days either, though. So. Right. Not as, many, not as many teams at that point. But tell everybody, remind people how you ended up with the Lakers. Well, of course, uh, Sid, Sid is responsible for the Lakers now. I think, if I'm not correct, Sid, you signed all the players. You signed the players for the Lakers, except for George Mikan. They had to have a, you know, it was a little higher. I think Max, or yeah, Max Winter signed Mikan. You signed all the other players, including myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the world turns in funny ways, but... uh, when I was in college, I had I'd played I'd played for four years and and they had a Pep Saul. Remember Pep Saul? He got hurt, and they were he was on the Lakers. Hurt yep. his knees out for the year. Right. They had an opening, fortunately, and I was you know I played for four years and and at at uh, three years at the college. Anyway, Sid uh, petitioned the league to get me a hardship case. For the league, claiming that I was broke and and uh, the, they could use a little pizzazz in the right in the attendance or whatever, right. uh, whatever. You're you're a known person here in town. Uh, he twisted some arms. He got me. Uh, I was the first hardship case in national in the in the NBA. Got me to come with the Lakers. The greatest thing that ever happened because I got to sit on the bench and watch John Cunliffe and George Mikan and Pollard Mickelson and so on. And learned a lot about coaching yeah. from sitting on the bench. I never sat on a bench before. So for Sid got me, I don't know how he did this, but he pulled strings that got me in the middle of the season. I played my first game was on Christmas Day. You were sick, right? Didn't you tell me? Well, I, I had, I'd gotten food poisoning the night before. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we had the Star Tribune, Star Paper, Star Tribune Paper, had a big headline, Grant to join the join the Lakers. Yeah, but yeah. I want to go back to Chicago. We had the Chicago Bulls, and we had that team. If we if I had gone through with that, but I was involved with Max Winter at one time with the with the Lakers uh, expansion team for the. For the uh, for the NBA, and uh, I didn't. Uh, we were involved with the Globetrotters, and even Sapperzine would have. If if we'd have gone through it, uh, we couldn't find a place to play. Which in Chicago, then the next week we had the Chicago Zephyr, and then they had the Chicago uh, Baltimore Bullets. Yeah. This is more in the 60s. Now, now, the interesting part of all of this is that at that time, didn't the newspaper have a policy said you could not have two jobs? He couldn't be a part of the Lakers or right. a part of a franchise and still have his job with the paper. Correct. So he had to be an undercover 
owner, right. manager, uh, general manager, and whatever he he ran he ran the Lakers. Sid yes. ran the Lakers. He got the Lakers here. He he ran the Lakers. Max Winter was a nice guy. He was a front guy. Yep. He knew nothing about basketball. He hired John Cunla. He got Mickelson, Pollard, you know, Mike and Farron, you yep. know, all, all that that group. So Sid is responsible. Now the other thing is when they sold the franchise short and they went to Los Angeles. The reason they're called the Lakers today is because we had just bought all a new sets of uniforms, Lakers. Oh, that's Minneapolis right. Lakers uniforms. He made all the decisions. Yep. All the decisions, all the player decisions were made by him. It wasn't made by Max or wasn't made and by And all John. the players knew that. All the players knew that. We knew where, you know, when we looked up to the anybody, we always looked at Sid. We didn't look at anybody. Kendler, Sid ran it. Kendler was a nice guy. And all that stuff, but uh, uh, like uh, I made all the draft choices, yep. I made all the deals, like that fifth sold deal. I made that deal with uh, with uh, with uh, Baltimore. Baltimore had to buy uh, for, for five thousand dollars in those days. That was a lot of money, five thousand dollars, and I bought. <laughs> Well, that's right. You started my life. My first contract said you'd negotiated with me for $3,000. <laughs> How did those negotiations go? Actually, yeah. winner, I mean, he didn't want that. I mean, uh, uh, John Cutler didn't want Pepsol. Uh, okay. I, I wanted him. Yep. And uh, so we got it. Worked out okay. Let's do this. Let's pause. Take a short break. We'll be back. Bud Grant and my father here. Uh, we're going to be here for 30 more minutes, but I'm reminding you all day on this radio station, Sid Tenniel. You can go to it online right now. I'm going to tell you why we have the website. The radio station has been amazing. The Star Tribune has been amazing. And it's uh, spectacular that Bud Grant would come down here. Chad Hartman, we'll take a brief break. Come back on News Talk 830 WCCO. <music> Welcome back to the Sid Tenniel, presented by the Canopy Group. Hey, Sid, this is Mike Krzyzewski. Happy 100th birthday. Wow, you have packed a lot in, man, in those 100 years and continue to do it. We've all benefited from uh, our friendship with you. Happy birthday. We're back here on uh, CCO. We j- you couldn't hear it, but we just played a soundbite from Mike Krzyzewski, the Duke head coach. Mike Shashevsky, talk about your relationship with Mike Shashevsky and Bob Knight. Well, years ago, we didn't have a, a, a pro teams here, and they used to have a lot of uh, clinics, go clinics, and I could go to all the clinics. Like John Wooden, I got very close with John Wooden. Because I, I went to all his clinics, and uh, Mike Kishevsky and Bob Knight would go to these clinics. And Bob, I used to write letters uh, to every coach that I talked to, and Knight and I just hit it off, and we got very close. In fact, he uh, he uh, 
what was offered, uh, the Wisconsin job, and uh, he didn't, uh, he was not supposed to announce it, and they announced it, and uh, he, they announced it, and he, he didn't take the job. And, uh, this is this is before Indiana. Before Indiana. Okay. And and then uh, I talked to him about Minnesota. He said he had come up here to talk to him. Right. But uh, he, he says I I he's already accepted the Indiana job. He took the Indiana job. Indiana, uh, Wisconsin talked to him. About the job, sure, and uh, you almost what it took it there. The point of all this, Chad, is Sid has been involved in a lot of coaching changes. Oh yeah, I yes, mean that's right correct. From, right from the very top, and the okay. Uh, how, speaking of that, how about when you told him after you came back for the one year, tell people about what was happening, how you ended up telling him that you were stepping away. Well, I, I first person, first of all, Sid and I shared a lot of uh, private conversations. Uh, yep. Um, he, uh, and the main thing that said why he has so many friends, let me just digress yes, a little bit here, sure. is because his integrity. I mean, if, if Bob Knight or Krzyzewski or Evershevsky or anybody that talks to Sid, it's private. Sid never used any quotes by anybody that ever gave him inside information ever in his column. Yep. He used it in his background of his writing and his knowledge, but he never betrayed anybody, whether it was Jack Nicholas or, or Bob Knight, I anybody. And the reason that Sid has got the has held in such high regard all across this country is because of his integrity. He never... He, nobody likes nobody likes a, a scoop more than a newspaper guy, mm-hmm. and Sid is no exception to that. Sure. He wants to know first. Yep. But he never broke a confidence, and that's what that's why he is held in such high regard. I just digress a little bit just sure. for, for a minute. Um, you know, women's sports came up, and we talked about it a little bit, and Sid's never covered um, women's sports to that extent. And the reason, and I, I, I just re- thinking of this as we're sitting here, one time they asked him, somebody did, why don't you cover women's sports? And Sid said, because they won't let me in the locker room. <laughs> and that was, Well, and that's where he would get his information. information that's when he would get room. to know people. He couldn't go in the women's locker right. room, so he didn't cover women's sports. Yeah. And eventually it would change, and that never became a problem. Never, but yeah, never yeah. became a oh. problem. Every time that Knight came in in her and came in when Indiana was here, we'd have dinner at videos. Vescios. Vescios. Yep. With this man. With Bud and Knight and uh, oh, a lot of guys. Yep. Molitor, uh, Bob, Bob. Hamill. Hey. Bob Hamill would be there. Uh-huh. Huh? Bob Hamill, the longtime Indiana yeah. writer, would be there. Would be there. Yep. We, we had at least uh, ten guys uh, uh, go for a coach, just and all that kind of stuff. I want to ask you about the practical jokes. Huh? The, I want to ask you about the practical jokes that this guy would play on you. The jokes that Bud would play on you. 
Do you remember the jokes that Bud would play on you? The practical jokes. Well, let me help a little bit yeah, there. Sure. Sid was not an outdoors person. I mean, no. You wonder where we're connected. Well, yes. He, he, he wasn't an athlete, but is he competitive, but he was not an outdoor person. I was. So a lot of the, the, the Sid was a perfect foil for an outdoor joke. I mean, I had pet monkeys and I had pet crows and I had, you know, dogs and all that. How did you end up with a pet monkey? Huh? How did you end up with a pet monkey? Well, it was a birthday gift. My wife gave me a pet monkey. <laughs> when somebody who has everything, what do you do? You, yeah. you buy him a pet monkey. I, okay. Sid, well, I don't know whether Sid didn't like the monkey or the monkey didn't like Sid. Yeah. But one or the other, they didn't get along very well. They couldn't find a way <laughs> to communicate. So anyway, uh, Sid was a, was a foil because of his, he didn't like, he wasn't familiar with animals. Yes. So I, my pet squirrel and things like that, that Sid didn't like that when I brought them around. Yep. So there was a lot of practical jokes that were played between us, just between us, yep. of my, uh, you know, fishing. Uh, I got a picture hanging in my office. At Sid caught, we were fishing up in Wisconsin at my place. He caught a 17 and a half inch northern. Yep. I got it in my office, but I couldn't bring it in the boat. Because he saw us had teeth, and I could have had to kill a fish to put it in the boat to take a picture of it. So uh, another time we were hunting ducks. We went uh, after a Minnesota game. We went out west into Morris, and uh, I, I saw that Sid didn't know how to handle a gun. So I got far away when the ducks started flying, and I heard Sid shooting. Them, going, to, I went over after a little while. I said, what are you shooting at, Sid? Well, I'm shooting at those birds. I said, well, those are blackbirds. Those aren't ducks. So that's the extent of our uh, – practical yeah. joke uh, kind of thing. Or the time we were driving out, we got a ticket. Sid was speeding. Yes. And uh, the, the uh, Sid says, well, do you are you a Gopher fan? And we were, had Gopher player, Gordy Soltaw and myself and Dave Skrine. And he said, yeah, that's, I said, yeah, well, listen to the game today. And, and so Sid said, well, that's great. He said, how would you like to go to a game? Oh, I'd love to go to the game. We got stopped for speeding, remember? Yes. So Sid hands the guy a couple of tickets he happened to have. He said, here's a couple of tickets for next week's game. And and the state patrol says, well, thank you, Mr. Hartman. Here's a ticket for your speeding. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how much influence we had. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Do you remember firing a gun with Bud? Do you remember when you fired a gun with Bud? Shooting ducks. Do you remember shooting ducks with Bud? One team. Yeah. What did you think of it? I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. It would scare me to be around you firing a gun. Yeah. Well, he I don't know if he got any blackbirds either, but he shot <laughs> at a lot of them. I want to remind people why we're doing this. Tell people about your grandson, Quentin. Tell people about Quentin. We have a son who has nothing but troubles. It's really... It's uh, it's so tough on that little kid. He's sick all all the time, and uh, just unbelievable. Lancey has a sister who has the same problem. Yeah. I just want to say something about Lancey and Mrs. L. Two people that really help me. They're really outstanding. They live with me too. Two, two nurses, one that lives all the time, and boy, without them, I'd be in trouble. Me yeah. too, Sid. 
I got the same situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Lacey, or as we call her, Lancey, and Larissa have been amazing to you. That is no doubt. I just want to expand on Quentin a little bit. Um, the reason why we set up Sid Tenniel is to raise money for kids who have similar challenges yeah. to your grandson. You told me you weren't going to do this unless we could raise money for other kids. Uh, my youngest son has had uh, failure to thrive. We thought he had spina bifida. He had spinal cord surgery. He had major leg surgery where he didn't walk for six months. Um, he has epilepsy. And we finally found a diagnosis uh, about a year ago of Dirk one a yeah. about 150 kids on the planet have Dirk one a Q's never going to spend a day on his own, but he is an amazing young man. He is happy. He perseveres and you are amazing to him. You have a great relationship with him and his life is better yeah. because of you. You have to know that. Well, there's three boys, and then there's two, a girl and a, uh, a boy and a girl. Ca Cal and, Callie and Justin. And a stepdaughter with a, a girl and a, and, a, and a boy and uh, another woman, Lacey, uh, uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris has Callie. And Justin yeah. also are amazing. I yeah. just want to button up the Sid Tenniel, though. If people would be so kind to donate, the causes are Children's Hospital, Gillette Children's Hospital, and Dirk 1A. That is the syndrome that Quentin has. If you can give $5, fantastic. If you can give more, you can do that. You can go to Sid Tenniel. You can see how you can donate money. And also, you can say happy birthday to my father. Let's pull a thousand. I have no idea. If they did, that's very, very nice. I don't. I don't. I don't know the total. We'll know the total at the end. But anybody who gave us a dollar, I thank him whether we know him or not. It's just so incredibly kind. Yeah, the people would take some time. Hospital can use the money, and they will help kids like. That's it. That's why we're doing this. Let's uh, take a pause. We'll come back. We'll have about 10 more minutes left with my father and Bud Grant. I'm going to stay for the 12 o'clock hour, and some of those same causes are going to come on with me. Plus, at uh, 1235, Lou Nanny's joining, and at 1245, uh, Harvey McKay is coming on. So the entire day to my father, there's a great section from the Star Tribune, and right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the Sid Tenniel, presented by the Canopy Group. This is Tom Lehman. I just want to wish you the happiest and the most blessed of 100-year birthdays. Uh, what a milestone. I'm so, I guess, proud of you for all you've accomplished in your life and for the kind of person that you are. Thank you for being my friend. That's the uh, great Tom Lehman wishing my father a happy birthday. Chad Hartman, Sid Hartman, and Bud Grant here. Now, I know you want to talk about your friends at Starkey. Tell people about Starkey. Starkey Hearing Aid has been a great plus for me. Bill Austin and the great people out there have really helped me. If you want help, go out to the Eden Prairie plant, and they have some new hearing aid. They'll help you. You won't, you won't forget it. You'll do 
a lot of things for them. Band. I'll, I'll second that because yep. I got my hearing aids from Starkey's for two. He goes to Starkey too. Yep, I got mine. Yep. Starkey is a great place, but among the uh, among the items we said, both of us a lot about my father is how competitive he is. You obviously have been around way, way more athletes than me, but I'm talking in the totality of my life, in business, friends, sports. I have never ever met someone who even today wants to have something first, wants to bring value to his bosses, wants to beat his competitors. He, he doesn't have really any athletic ability. Absolutely zero. Zero. <laughs> and I blame him, kiddingly, for that. But I've never met, even today, if you cannot be inspired by my father's desire to work and to be the best, then you're missing out on one of his greatest qualities. And it's unfortunate that uh, so many of the people that Sid and I have grown up with and brought are gone. Yeah. And we're the, we're the <clears throat> elephants left in the, in the room. I mean, there aren't many people who can uh, that I can equate to Sid's competitiveness. If he, was, if he had the physical ability, he'd have been an All-American uh, in, in any endeavor he had in, in sports. He's, he's the all-American sports writer in the United States. I'll give you about a minute just to sum up, and I thank you so much well, for coming down just what this you know, man has meant the, to you. In the, going through a, in your course of your lifetime, you're fortunate if you have a couple of good friends. And, you know, as you go through life, you have them in different areas, whether it's family or business or, you know, whatever it is. But to have somebody like Sid in my life and anybody that he has touched, you're blessed to have Sid Hartman in your life. And when you've heard all the testimonials, they all say the same thing. And it's basically this. Sid, we love you. And we treasure you. I love you too. And and I have the greatest son in the world. Yeah. No, well, that's why and we're here today. Family in the world. Listen. And, I'm and, so and, lucky. And I'll yep. say it. I'll put yep. it. And I've said this before. As one man can love another man. I love you, said Hartman. Thank you. I love your family, too. Every mm -hmm. one of them I've seen burdened. Yeah. Uh, and it's so tragic. You lost your son. That was a hard, hard thing. I am eternally grateful that you are my father. You are someone that provides me with great guidance, great inspiration. You've been an amazing father. You are a great grandfather, and I treasure every day that you're with me. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you both. We'll finish this. Oh, Lancey and Mrs. L, too. Yep. And Patty over there. <laughs> and a lot of we, people. We can't get along without and them, can hey, we, Sid? Bob Hagen. Bob Hagen uh, is one of the great people for my father. We're going to end right here, but seven more hours to go. Sid Tenniel. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.